Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Facebook Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening, and that was a fun game. A uh, lot of credit to Claude Giroux for this one. Had that slapper off the rush that would have made Johnny Rob proud. Slapper on the rush who doesn't love it. Uh, Gostas Bear got uh, kind of got himself under control there and uh, picked up a couple of points. Helped out the power play by getting it low and on the net. Um, you know, Anthony Stolarz, Tony Stoli from Warnock Street, holding it down, uh, just keeping them in the game. You know, not every game are you going to have uh, 12 highlight reel saves and make a 48 you know, shot shut out and be a superstar goalie, but making big saves at key times is huge. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun watching that game. Who doesn't have fun watching a game with, what was it, nine total goals? I'm pretty bad at math, but I think that sounds just about right. Yeah, five to four, pretty sure that's nine. Uh, I, I think there was a lot of positives to take out of this. Didn't love the start, obviously. Not a fan of uh, you know, falling down early like they did, but they fought their way back, tied it up, fell behind again, fought back again. Didn't even have to go to overtime to get this one. Um, uh, listen, I'm not under the impression that um, uh, that Minnesota is some all-star team, uh, but I, I just thought it was an impressive win coming off an emotional loss, uh, you know, second half of a back-to-back on the road, traveling like they did. I thought this was an impressive win. Um, they still have a lot to clean up, obviously. For for stretches of this game, they were just dreadful in their defensive zone. Absolutely just turning pucks over and one mistake after another. Uh, but then they had some things go, uh, some, some breaks go against them again. Of course, that goal over... Over Stolarz's shoulder and then under the bottom of the net with the net off its moorings with uh, Stoli kind of pushing back, trying to cover the post. I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that. That was weird. Of course, they get that four-minute uh, four high stick against them when uh, it was a phantom high stick. One of the Wilds' own players you know, actually hit his, uh, hit his teammate in the face. And since the referee... Um, didn't see anything, and you know that because no arm went up. The whistle didn't blow immediately, and after they saw blood, the referee just made a complete guess as to what happened and said, yeah, the Flyers are going to be shorthanded for four minutes. Uh, after all of that, you come away with a victory. I, I think this was a, a, a just a... I think it was a character win, and this isn't a team that we've been, uh, you know, I've been really down on this team's character at different points over the last couple of years, but if I'm going to criticize them, you know, when they have letdowns, I am going to, uh, I I'm going to give them praise for a win like tonight. Um, uh, Provorov kind of picked it up as the game. I thought a lot of guys improved as the game went along including players who made big mistakes like Gostas Bear, like Provorov. Uh, they were, again, got to clean up the turnovers. There's just a general general sloppiness. There's a, just a general sloppiness about this team that plagues them. But at the end of the day, they made the plays they needed to make to win it, and uh, that's all you can really ask um, from a team. Let's get to your stuff. I, uh, I'm here to hang out tonight. Let's see how long we can go, and let's just get to you. 
horrible job with the pucks on our own end tonight. Uh, D had kinds of trouble, all kinds of trouble puck handling and moving the puck. They certainly did the uh, failed breakouts and just uh, misfired pit. Like someone crashed. They they really struggled with the uh, the aggressive forecheck and the the pinching of the of the point men uh, from Minnesota. They just really had a lot of trouble handling uh, the pressure of Minnesota in their own end. Um, yeah, they're, like I said, uh, just a lot. Of the, and th- there's one thing. It's one thing if the other guys just make a good play. You know, sometimes the other team makes good plays. That happens. But when you just miss, when you just miss on a consistent basis, it's going to hurt you and it's going to just be giveaways. Uh, like Sean Couturier had a couple giveaways tonight. Just sloppy ones. Uh, there was absolutely while. You know, I started out positive, and I want to say I do think this was a character win. If you break it down shift to shift, obviously a ton of things to clean up. Responsibility in their own end, whether it be just identifying your guy, just decision-making on when to pressure the puck carrier, uh, just so much, so many little things, especially in the defensive zone that uh, were really, really bad tonight. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that comment. Stoli gets beat on some weird angles and leaves too many juicy rebounds. That being said, I hope I hope I never see Elliot Neuvert again. And that's just um, we'll see if he improves on that. I think it's just one of those. Th- I'm very much willing to ride this out with you know Stolars, especially if he just takes on a backups role uh, down the stretch here. Um, like yeah, he 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 does get beat on some weird angles and he does give up some rebounds. He also makes some spectacular saves and makes some clutch saves. And as a for, I mean, how many games does Stolarz have in his career? How many games has he played? And what did he end up with tonight? Yeah, so and he ends up tonight with thirty-five saves on thirty-nine shots, um, eight nine, you know, close to a nine hundred save percentage. Not the greatest, but you watch that game, and he made some saves that made a big difference in this one. Um, but, you know, where the hell are we here? Yeah, I mean, he's still under. This is like his 14th or 15th career start or something. Like it's, it's still a learning process with uh, with Tony Stoli from Warnock Street. You know, it's it's yeah, right here. Stoli is learning a new learning a new playing style on the fly. Folks got to relax a bit. Rebound control will come. He's battling hard and making big saves. And yeah, I think that's important to to point out that. Uh, he's a big guy and he's already had some, you know, we know about the two knee surgeries. He's had some injuries. He's had some setbacks. He's learning to protect himself and play a different way. And he's still pretty effective out there, all things considered. So I do think there is a part of this is just another guy's development. This is another guy we're watching develop. Um, And right now, yes, obviously some things to work on, some things to clean up, but positives are outweighing the negatives. TK not helping the cause, minus three. Uh, he's made some plays lately where I thought we're going to get him going. Um, you know, I'm not in love with the with the plus-minus stat. It's just wildly flawed and everything. Um, but that said, uh, yeah, you, you do have to help out on both ends. You do have to manage the puck better. And you do have to bring the same energy every night, whether you're playing 20 minutes or playing five minutes. Um, so I think, uh, it's, it's, again, it's all part of a player's development, not giving up on Travis Konechny, not saying Travis Konechny stinks. Uh, Travis Konechny just needs to learn some consistency and consistency is 
like the number one thing everyone needs to learn at his age. Annoyed at the fact that all the teams the Flyers needed to lose one, but yes, gutsy character win. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what happens when you dig yourself into the hole they dug themselves into. They dug themselves into in the, uh, in the first half of this season. You're depending on other teams. You have a lot of points to make up, and you're not always going to be able to get them. The only thing the Flyers can do is take care of their own business on the ice. And the only thing management can do is continue to look at the big picture. I want this team to be in the thick of the playoff race. I, you know, I, I, it took me a while to convert to lose for Hughes. And as soon as I did this team, I swear to you started winning out of pure spite, but you know what, if it's because some young guys are contributing and we're getting these efforts and guys are having turnaround seasons, of course, uh, Hart and Stolars do what they do. It's not the worst thing in the world to play meaningful games down the stretch. Um, I just hope management keeps their eyes on the big picture and realizes, like, yes, they won tonight, but obviously this team is far from a finished product. I'm off the trade ghost train, LOL. Ghost looked more like ghost tonight, a couple bad turnovers, but like you said, that's part of the ghost package. Ghost is having a bad year. I thought that he made some plays at the end uh, that were encouraging. His two assists tonight come on um, – Shots that he kept low and under control and made sure uh, got where they needed to go. And I think that's a big part of it. Everyone loves the ghost bombs. You know, um, you pick that corner, get the get that net to ripple, knock off the uh, knock off the water bottle, whatever it is. Cool. But that has to be secondary to listen, we're paying JVR, we're paying Wayne Simmons, we're paying all these guys to score down low. Sean Couturier, Nolan Patrick, set them up to be successful. You will pick up those loose change assists uh, just by setting them up to be successful, and it'll open up more, more lanes for you. You will, by doing that, create more time and space for yourself. Um, you know, Ghost had an up-and-down game tonight. I thought he was uh, piss poor to start this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, without that's not even debatable. He was bad to start this game. But he made a couple of encouraging plays at the end, and hopefully he's able to build on that. Um, I'm not going to get into the trade ghost thing tonight. I, I spent enough time on it on Twitter. Probably missed enough of the game debating with people who were like, he hasn't been the same since he tore his ACL. Like, all right, you don't even know when he tore his ACL. So there's only so much of this conversation I can have. Uh, <laughs> But uh, all I'll say is I'm not rejecting any trade immediately, but if you trade Goss Bear, you're probably going to lose the trade. That's it. That's my only opinion. I couldn't be more annoyed, disappointed, confused, or dissatisfied with the refereeing over the last two games. It's been maybe the worst I've seen in many years, to say the least. Yeah, like the missed call, the, the goal last night that gets taken away on Nolan Patrick on the premature uh, – on the premature whistle. It's frustrating. It can't happen, but you know it does. And the referee is doing, by the letter of the law, what he's supposed to do. He lost sight of the puck and blew the whistle. He needs to not lose sight of that puck. He needs to not have such a quick whistle, but it happens. It re it's terribly frustrating. It's infuriating. You want to go up to the guy and punch him in the face, but it happens. Um, and he did what he's supposed to do when you lose sight of the puck. Blow the whistle. I get it. Tonight, <laughs> the high stick call, it gets completely let go when it happens in real time. 
There's no arm that goes up. The Flyers have the puck for a few seconds. And then, after the crowd reacts, after there's blood on the ice, the referee decides, oh, shit, I didn't see anything. So I'm just going to go with the most extreme reaction, putting Philly shorthanded for four minutes, despite having not seen at all what happened. He guessed. That's the worst thing. You guessed. You made something up. You don't know what happened, so you went, nah, nothing I can do. Oh, no, there is. I can just make something up because we're in Minnesota. I I don't know what his thinking is there, but you can't just guess. Happy they split up. GJVRTK line hasn't been the greatest lately. I prefer G on the wing. Anyhow, got to get away to spark TK, though. He can be a difference maker. I'd love to see TK and Patrick put together. I've thought some about like a, a fun Limblom Patrick TK line. Patrick's really had his legs moving lately. There's a balancing act between I like what Patrick's doing on that third line in less of a role, and I want to keep building his confidence, keep little by little getting more and more out of him, and saying, hey, kid, you're playing well. We need you to step up. Here is your opportunity. I see, you know, TK minus the playing well part uh, and, and just giving him that role. But you know how I feel about G at center. I really don't like the uh, the combination of G, JVR, and Travis Konechny. Um, yeah, maybe you try the – maybe you go back to the what you really thought was going to work with um, JVR, Patrick, and Voracek. Uh, because TK with Giroux and Couturier, those are two guys he can really, who can really shoulder a lot of the burden of the puck management and the, uh, you know, the defensive and neutral zone um, play. And then TK can kind of be a finisher, kind of be a, a playmaker and an offensive zone specialist on that line. So a lot of different ways they can go. Like I keep saying about Gordon, I like that he puts the lines in the blender because enough of these guys have been playing together long enough that they should all have chemistry together. This isn't some new team with a bunch, with 10 new guys. All these guys have been playing together long enough that um, – shit, man – if you wanted to stick with one line, your line should be playing great, and none of them are playing well enough to uh, to be kept together when when you badly need a goal. So I like the I like uh, Gordon putting the lines in the blender from time to time, mixing it up, giving the other team different looks. Uh, not really, uh, it's it's hard to prepare for you know six different combinations, you know. So there's going to be a point when the NHL comes to the realization that the refereeing has to vastly improve. It's just like there are so many if you if we're going to use instant replay and the way someone put it to me the other night made the most sense. If we're going to use instant replay because we have to get the calls right, why not get all the calls right? I get that there's judgment, human element, blah blah blah, but it's just like if everyone can see it and it's available half of the time, what, like why? What is the point of going, "Oh, well we're going to have a little of A and a little of B and just throw it up in the air, and sometimes it'll be the right call, and sometimes it won't. Either have no replay, which, honestly, I think would be hilarious, or like, if we have these challenges, let us challenge shit. Bird Box 2, Rise of the NHL Refs. Liked what I saw from Bailey. Kid's got some wheels and size. Yeah, might as well give the kid a shot. Uh, definitely had that, you know, first game of the season rock it up the ass, especially early tonight, gets in on that first goal. Uh, doesn't end up getting credited with a point, 
But does his uh, does he? I no, of course the thing isn't going to work now. Does he get a point? No, it's just Provorov from Veroni. They took the goal away. It doesn't look like it hit him. So it was Provorov's goal. Um, but he's in front. He's creating traffic. Takes on two guys there. Puck gets through. Gets in the net. He's doing his job as you know a fourth line guy. Kid can really skate. Uh, and that's what I want out of my fourth line. I know my fourth line is never going to score a ton. I just want guys who can go out there and skate, tire out the other team. Um, no one's going to hit like they used to, so it's not like that. But if you can just go out there and go up and down the ice with the other team with your fourth line, I think you're you're in a uh, in a pretty good position. Awesome, too, that they stopped the losing streak at one, not letting that last night's bullshit fester. Yeah, I mean, it could go one of two ways. You could come out mad or you could come out sagging. Uh, I don't think they came out with, you know, their best hockey tonight. And that's just, you know, to be expected, I guess, a little bit with traveling back-to-backs, all that stuff I mentioned earlier. But you came out and now you got another two points. That's now what, 23 of the last 28 points they've picked up? Uh, I, I just I think that shows a lot of character from this team. Ghost recovered well from a bad start. Got to give him some credit, absolutely. And I want to see more out of what I saw in that in that third period, especially when it comes to puck handling and getting the puck to the net, because he's got to get the puck to the net. And the Flyers have the horses to bang home second second and third uh, effort goals as long as it gets there. I second the pro uh, Stoli the goalie. The more Hart and Stoli, uh, the better. Keep giving these guys the valuable NHL experience, as we know experience, as we know what Elliot and Neuvert are, which is very average goalies at best. Yeah, that's as much as I am into. I, I, I make the playoff push at this point because you've you've already ruined your chance unless they like lose out. You've already ruined your chance at a really good draft pick, and maybe you get rewarded with karma. Um, the way I liked to say they did in 2017, you know, moving from 13 to two. Maybe you get that karmic reward if you miss the playoffs and you end up moving up. But um, I, get these guys as much experience as possible because I want to go out and spend this offseason. I want to go get a big-name free agent or two. I don't want 32-year-olds, like I always say, but there are some guys who are of an age where it's okay to pay them, and they improve the team right now, and you mix in your young talent. You still have roster space available to bring up guys as need be, and you just you throw it all out there. Um, I, I want to hit the ground running next year with Hart and Net, with some new additions, and with all the guys we have now, and move forward, take that step that we were supposed to take, that the team and Ron Hextall told us they were going to take this season. Do you think Elliott is traded or waived? Uh, you have to think with Hart and Stolarz. Yeah, um, I just want to say I, – I, if he can be traded, cool. Uh, if I'm if I'm Elliot, I'm shutting myself down. I, I, if you can get something for Brian Elliot from a team in desperate need of some goaltending or at least some goaltending depth, um, sure, get whatever you can from Brian Elliot because he's a pending unrestricted free agent. He doesn't factor into the future at all, and it's not like he was winning games for you when he was playing. So, uh, and I like Elliot. I think Elliot has can still play in this league if he keeps himself healthy. If he keeps himself Jesus. If he keeps himself healthy and, you know, gets himself into a tandem sort of situation next year, 
Um, maybe he can prove he belongs in the league, be a veteran presence somewhere. I like Brian Elliott. I like what he brings to a locker room. I think he's a guy everyone kind of respects for battling uh, the way he, uh, you know, came back when he clearly wasn't 100% last year just because the team was out of goaltenders uh, for the playoffs. I, I respect the hell out of that. I just don't need any more with the Flyers. And if I'm him, I'm thinking about next year. That's my thing. If I'm Brian Elliott, my concern is staying healthy, heading into the offseason so I can get myself another job and sell it on, hey, I'm healthy now. Bailey over Misha. Listen, I want to see Vorobiev play. I think Vorobiev might, yeah, I think Vorobiev has a chance to have a future with this team, but you got to show something. You, you got to show a little bit of just, you got to prove that you want it that badly. NHL roster spots are hard to come by. It's not just a thing that gets handed out. And I know that that can seem somewhat hypocritical when it's like, well, Andrew McDonald gets to play every night. And this guy, you know, but the thing is, when you're that age, you have to steal someone's job, and Vorobiev hasn't. So that's just the way it is. Why are we waiting for Myers to play? Who knows? Um, they just like the combinations they have now. I want to see Myers play. Everyone wants to see Myers play. Been hearing about this guy since 2014 when they, you know, one of those diamond in the roughs, one of those gifts from Ron Hextall. I want to see this guy play. But um, I guess we're just going to have to wait it out. Three days off now, they'll have some practice time, maybe to integrate him into what they're doing. Uh, uh, maybe that's it. They're waiting to get some real practice time in with him, let him get settled with a D partner. Uh, maybe that's it. I wonder if the coach noticed Dave Max slide tackling as a player along the defensive boards. It was Limblom, I'm pretty sure. It doesn't surprise me. Bill, has anyone on BSH staff heard what plan is with Elliott and Neuvert? Are they trying to trade? I I just don't know what kind of value those guys have. I'm sure if teams call, you know, they're saying, hey, what do you want with these guys? I just can't believe we're ever going to see uh, Michael Neuvert again. But I've been saying that for so long now, I might as well just play a recording of myself. Um, Elliot, I think they might feel a little bit of loyalty to Elliot just because of what I said earlier. Like, I think they really respect him for coming back last year. And um, clearly wasn't 100%, clearly risked himself um, and played with, um, you know, with the lack of goaltenders that they had going into the playoffs and everything. I think they feel – and he's just like a guy respected in the locker room, been in the league a while. I think everyone respects him, and I think they feel a little bit of loyalty in that way. Like I keep saying, if I'm Brian Elliott, I want no part of playing again this year. And given the goalie situation, I feel like I go over it every single uh, every single post game. But Hart is here. Hart's your guy. Hart is even if it's just in a tandem next year. Hart's here. Alex Lyons getting paid NHL money this year, uh, and Alex Lyons getting paid NHL money one way or the other next year, whether he's in the NHL or in the AHL, he's getting paid NHL money. Um, Felix Sandstrom is under contract, and they expect him to come over next season. Kirill Ustamenko, they want to get him signed, and they want him over here next season. That's four. That's four right there. Stoli is a uh, arbitration-eligible restricted free agent. you got to figure out what he is because you drafted the kid, and I realize it was a long time ago at this point, but it's still, you know, he's someone you've invested in. You've invested a draft pick in him. You've in invested time and effort and development and just all these reps in him. It, if you can have – 
as cheap of a goalie tandem as you could have between him and Hart, it, it, it really could benefit them in terms of the other things they spend money on and the way they allocate their funds moving forward for the next year or two. Bruce Boudreaux looks like something out of a Christmas movie. <laughs> and a drunk Irish uncle and the sidekick in a bad cop comedy movie. He looks like Ham. He just looks like Ham. I just look at him and I'm like, I eat you every Easter. <laughs> I, he looks like Ham. I, it's, it cracks me up every time because I just look at him and I'm like, Ham. Ham. <laughs> They were actually sagging for a lot of the game, but I think that's because they were just gassed. Such an impressive win. Minnesota is desperate. Yeah, and, and that's I don't want to overblow like how good Minnesota is. They're in no way a team all-stars, like I said, but they're at home. They need to win just as badly as anybody, and the Flyers played against the freaking Penguins last night, and it was an exasperating game. So, yeah, I'm definitely impressed with the way they played, especially in the third tonight. 25 games left, uh, would need around 96 points to get in. That's 19 points. That's 19 wins in the last 25 games. Let's roll. Ah, why the hell not? I mean, what? As much as I keep, you know, we've seen this story before, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. We haven't seen the story before with goaltending. That's the difference. I do love Karma, hell of a stripper. Uh, she's, ah, man, I can't remember the... Can't remember the How I Met Your Mother quote. She's over at the Melon Patch. I can't I can't remember. Bill, what are the needs for this team at the trade deadline? I think a forward, maybe a center, is most important. Well, I, I think the number one need at the trade deadline is for Chuck Fletcher not to lose sight of the big picture, regardless of what's happening in the immediate. Uh, the big picture is you have unrestricted free agents, who aren't coming back in Wayne Simmons and Michael Roffel and potentially in Elliot and Neuvert if they're worth anything and healthy, blah, blah, blah. You need to get assets back for those guys. If you can get a sixth-round pick in 2022 for Michael Roffel, you get it. I think you can get more for that because I think he's one of the, he's one of the guys hockey men like. Um and teams looking for depth who miss out on different things uh, might give you something for a Michael Roffel. Never forget that Zach Ronaldo went for a third-round pick. Now, that was a bad trade. Um, speaking of Ustamenko, that's how the Flyers got him. But uh, I, I think the number one need is to move on from Simmons and Roffel. Um, beyond that, I'm not looking at any rentals unless they come with an extension in hand or at least a handshake agreement. Like uh, Panarin's not going to do it because he wants to hit the market on July 1st because having multiple suitors automatically drives up your price more than having one and being stuck with just that one team. Um, so, you know, Panarin's not going to do it. But if Stone comes over and you say, hey, here's your six, seven-year contract, he goes, okay, cool. Size on the dotted line. As soon as this plane lands, I'm all for uh, going and getting a Stone or some something like that. But I, I kind of just want to go forward with these guys and see what happens. If they do it, they do it. And if they don't, they don't. You still have to have an off-season plan where you upgrade this team, promote pr- – promote from within, 
and upgrade um, where wherever you can. You know, there's some big-name free agents out there. You have the opportunity to upgrade this team. Do it and also promote from within. And uh, that's just that's just how I see it. I, I'm not all that interested in adding at the deadline. I am interested in adding on July 1st. My dream needs to come true with Panarin on this team. I would love to sign him in the offseason. Panarin would be awesome on this team. Um, I'm not trading for him because I know he wants to hit the open market. Any chance you guys get Jillian Fisher as a guest on BSH Radio? Definitely something I want to look into. Uh, maybe that's an off-season thing. Uh, I, I like to mess around with the format and have more guests and stuff in the off-season just because there aren't as many pressing needs. Uh, maybe if the after the trade deadline, if they don't do anything. Uh, but I would definitely love to have Jillian Fisher on. Anytime we can get her would be great. Um, you know, she's a Flyers fan, obviously very funny. Uh, she was on... I know it was one of Wish's podcast, one of Greg Wyshynski's, whether it was Puck Soup or um, or ESPN on Ice. It was one of those two, but she was very good on that. Uh, I would love to have Jillian Fisher on anytime. I would take Stone. Yeah, man, I, everyone would. LMAO, just realized the title of the post game. Love the fact I'm not the only one who thinks Bruce Boudreaux looks like Ham. He does. He looks like Ham. Maybe we can bargain with Calgary uh, to trade Elliott back to the Flames. Think we can get something solid in return. Even if it's not something solid, getting anything for a guy who has no future with this team and his health is questionable at best would be good. That would, it, Regardless of what you get back for Elliott, it's more than you're probably it's, – it's more than – you know, you're getting nothing. As of right now, you're getting nothing. He's not contributing on the ice. He's leaving in the offseason. You already have his replacement. You already have multiple replacements. Like he, he has zero value to this franchise. Whether he has value somewhere else is a different story. Maybe he does. He no longer has any value here. So if you get anything in the world for Brian Elliott, it's a good return. How curious are you to see Moran play some time with the Flyers? Oh, I am incredibly curious about Sam Moran. I have my doubts. I certainly have my doubts. If you were to put a gun to my head and say, what's your take on Sam Moran? What's his career going to be? I would tell you, I don't think he's going to be all that good. Um, I would love to be wrong. I would love to see Sam Moran just wiping away freaking zone entries and stapling people to the boards, cross-checking the shit out of people in front of the net, uh, using that reach on the PK, just Oh, I would love for Sam Moran to be everything I want a stay-at-home defenseman to be, just a big, mean fucking bastard. I know he can skate, um, I, I, but I, I just want to know. More than anything, I just want to know. If he's great, he's great. If he stinks, he stinks. If he's a number five, he's a number five. I, ju- I don't even care. I mean, I, obviously, I want him to be very good. That's the hope. Um, but I just want to know. We drafted him in 2013. Look at his draft class. Like, you have to get to pick 36 in that draft to find the second guy who's played fewer NHL games than Moran, I think. Bad first period, but nice recovery by a ghost. The old ghost is back. Chris, it would be great if we got last year's ghost for these last 25 games of the season. I'm not ready to say that because he is mired in what is a bad season. I will. Uh, there's no arguing. Gossis Bear is having a really bad year. Um, but again, I'm not getting into the trade and stuff. I'm just saying, giving up on a 
25-year-old defenseman with 70-point potential is very stupid. Karma is at the Lusty Leopard. All right, I'll believe you. I just don't believe a first-round exit or getting swept by Tampa does anything for playoff experience or is worth any any more than a higher draft pick. I just – unless I'm in the top five, I don't care about a draft pick because we have all these goddamn prospects already. I – yeah, and I think we're gonna get some. We're gonna be able to move up or at least increase our draft capital in some way based on the returns we get for guys like Simmons at the trade deadline. Um, I, I, playoff experience is playoff experience. Experiencing hockey at the highest level is still experiencing it. It's better to do it than not. I would love for Carter Hart to take shots from Steven Stamkos in in the playoffs. I don't care if they all go in. I want them to see it. I want them to know what it's like. I want them to all feel the intensity of because it's ramped up. We all have seen playoff hockey. It is a different level than the regular season. There are moments, there are shifts, there are portions of games, there are periods where you, oh, this feels like a playoff game. But nothing feels like a playoff game until you're in a playoff game. Any chance of getting Hughes in the draft? No, probably not. He's going number one. If we make the playoffs, what do you think the odds are that Col- uh, Carter Hart gets the Calder? I, I, Patterson is just putting up such numbers there. I mean, if his uh, that's the thing. If that team makes the playoffs, he's going to get Hart Trophy consideration. Uh, and, you know, uh, Carter Hart, if he continues on the pace he's on, uh, could very well find himself uh, – I think he's going to be in the top three. I think Hart is going to be in the top three of Calder Trophy voting. Um, but I, unless Patterson really drops off, I don't see it, but writers vote on this stuff and writers love a story. And, um, the story of the Philadelphia Flyers finally having a goalie and it's a 20 year old kid drafted by the GM. They just fired, uh, is a pretty good story. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm not totally discounting it, but. Uh, I would say the odds are pretty low that he actually catches Pedersen. How did Malkin get one game? Uh, you know, it's it's his first career suspension, and they take that into account. Um, listen, I, what he did was dirty and suspension-worthy, match penalty-worthy, all that shit. Uh, but at the end of the day, to me, uh, Michael Roffel got the response he was looking for. Michael Roffel was trying to piss off one of their best players and get him to do something stupid, and he did. Like, that's what happens when you punch a guy in the back of the head. You're, you're trying to get him to retaliate. He did. It helped the team. They got, a major, they got a major power play out of it. So I'm not like one – like, it's absolutely ridiculous to swing your stick at somebody and had the contact been worse or whatever, I, I'd probably feel differently. But end of the day, the result was Flyers had a chance to get back into the game because of it. Um, I, one game, five – like, what would be enough? Would, would ten games be enough? I – you know, it, it, I don't, uh, suspension numbers, they, they don't mean all that. I, I just don't put that much. It's the NHL, man. They throw darts. If we make the playoffs, would you get a buzz cut? Absolutely not. Bill, I think the conversation about Boyle from a few episodes back is pretty relevant. Boyle demanded a solid return. Simmons is objectively a step above Boyle. Never wanted to just dump Simmer, but we get a first plus. How can we say no? Oh, I, a first plus is what I'm looking for, but you have to trade Wayne Simmons. He's not coming back. And as much as I love the guy, and as much as I want this run to be a thing, 
it's not like he's driving the bus here. It's He's not on one of his goals. If he had seven goals in the last eight games and on one of his patented Wayne Simmons goal streaks, I maybe would think differently. But listen, um, I, I get that you know Wayne Simmons is, you know, he scored 30 goals in this league. He's a bona fide power play specialist, all that stuff. But look at his and Boyle's numbers this year. They're not that different. And Brian Boyle is – I've always said, man, Brian Boyle can play 4C for me any day. I love watching that dude play 4C. He can kill penalties. He's been contributing on the power play the last two years. Um, I think he's a more valuable piece than people think. I don't think he's some like MVP caliber guy. I wouldn't, but there's a reason he's always like on a good team. But yes, considering his return, even if Simmons is taking a step back and his numbers are comparable to Brian Boyles, Brian Boyle returned a second round pick. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not yeah. I'm expecting a good return for Wayne Simmons. Can we give Moran a chance before we dump him? He's healthy. Once he's healthy, I mean yeah, he's gonna get a chance. No one's saying dump him. Bill, if you met Boost Boudreau, would you tell him he looks like a ham? I would ask him if anyone else has ever said it before. I would pose it as a lot of people are saying you look like ham. How do you respond? <laughs> and I hope he would like say something to me like you have a beer gut, 30-year-old man. Like I that's fine. I have no problem with my shortcomings. I just <laughs> A lot of people are saying you look like ham. How do you respond to your to your critics? Any other GM would have called up Moran earlier than now when I mean He's been hurt for two years. When He had a chance last year. He was hurt, and then he got hurt again, and he's still hurt. So what? when was the opportunity? You can't send Moran down without risking losing him. They need to see what they have and play him up here. But you have Slop like McDonald blocking him. He'll get sent down for his conditioning stint, his little, you know, that's you don't have to pass through waivers to go on a conditioning stint, and then he'll come up when the rosters expand after the deadline. That's when I expect to see Sam Moran after the trade deadline. That's kind of been the plan all year. The Flyers have played much better with Gordon coaching this team. Do you think Gordon has made a good enough case to be the full-time head coach for this team, or do you think much more beneficial for the Flyers to pursue Coach Q? Um, listen, Scott Gordon deserves credit for some things. I think he's getting a lot more out of some of the young guys than Dave Haxtall was. But it's not like this team wasn't streaky before. We've seen them go on runs before. This is a team that went on a 10-game winning streak and missed the playoffs. This, you know, they've lost 10 in a row. They lost eight in a row earlier this year. They won eight in a row this year. Like, they're on a second-half streak for, like, the fourth time for like the fourth time in five, like the sixth time in six years. Basically, they're on a second half run. So I, I Scott Gordon deserves some credit, but I'm not giving him, I'm not, oh, yes, he must obviously be the coach for this team. Uh, you Go get the best guy available. If Coach Q turns them down and they do a whole interview process and bring in a bunch of different perspectives, bring in a bunch of new faces, talk to a bunch of uh, candidates, and they determine that Gordon is the guy, awesome, fine. He's absolutely earned the right to be in the conversation. And like I keep saying, he's earned the right to stay in the organization if he wants, whether if it's 
uh, head of player, or like development, personnel, whatever, something like that. If he wants to go back and coach the Phantoms, that's fine. If Coach Q wants to keep him as an assistant because I'm giving the next head coach uh, autonomy over his own staff because that's ridiculous to bring in a coach and say, here's your coaching staff. Like I, But if he wants Scott Gordon, absolutely bring him in to do that. Um, if he gets the job, he gets the job. But uh, I'm not just giving it to him without pursuing other guys and without an interview process of you know as many candidates as, as possible. A higher draft pick is the difference between Darnell Nurse and Sam Moran. Uh, okay, but I, I'm, I'm beyond that now. Like we're we're past that point. It's no longer that they're going to go out and spend money this offseason. It's now it's about developing the guys you have and finding the right players to fill in the gaps. It's I am I'm beyond trying to. Listen, if they lose out, they lose out. That's fine. But I'm not worried about the draft anymore. That part is over with. We've been through it. We got a number two overall pick. We got a seventh pick. Like I, I'm, I'm done with it. Who says we get swept? We could definitely take a game or two. Yeah, and that's the – listen, yes, Tampa Bay is a machine right now. Uh, absolutely. But how many cups have they won? Like we talk about Tampa Bay, like they're the Penguins or like, like they're the Blackhawks from a few years ago. Like they're not, they aren't their team that gets upset in the playoffs regularly. And look at the two games the Flyers have played against the Lightning. Fluky comebacks. Absolutely. But give the Flyers a little bit of goaltending in the first 45 minutes of any of those games. And they beat the Lightning. So I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to be complete. I mean, yes, the Lightning, a much better team on paper, without a doubt. But just looking at the games they've played against them, they're beatable. If you could only sign one of the available free agents, I'll take Eric Carlson off the off my list because I assume he's staying in San Jose and he's going to get his eight years after the trade deadline when he can sign an eight-year deal. Uh, but if he becomes available, I want Eric Carlson more than anybody. Um, if I'm choosing between Panarin and Stone, and I'll throw Duchesne in there, it's Stone, Panarin, Duchesne. I want Stone, number one. Um, I want a Couturier centering Giroux and Stone line. That would just be the most complete first line they could, uh, they could ice. I think it would be great. If they had Panarin, I'm not going to be bothered by that at all. Just a matter of preference. I prefer Stone. Uh, Panarin, also an excellent option. He's, you know, if he's not even two. He's 1B. You know, I take Stone uh, if I can only have one, and I doubt you can get both. But, yeah, I, I think I, I'm leaning Stone. Look what happens when Ghost gets the puck through traffic. Uh, TK was totally invisible this game. You think Gordon is punishing him for his wild play at times? I think Travis Konechny is getting the ice time he earns, and right now he's not earning it. Consistency has been an issue for him throughout his career. That's what happens to guys who are 21, 22 years old in this league. Consistency is the toughest thing. Uh, I always think of, um, especially when it comes to young guys and guys uh, finding their way into the top, top ends of lineups, I always think of a Charlie Manuel. Uh, Charlie Manuel talking about John Mayberry Jr. with the Phillies a few years ago, a bunch of years ago at this point, um, talking about how he's been good in a limited role and how he wants, you know, should we see, can, can he be an everyday player? Like, are you looking to expand his role? 
and Manuel just saying like the toughest thing to do is do it every day. Like, and consistency is the hardest part of the job. Like and doing well in a limited role is excellent, you know, and as, as our, as the second guy taken in, in for the flyers in that draft, like he's a late first round pick. If he's just, a good point producer who has some holes in his game, you can live with it. Uh, if he reaches his potential, awesome, because then he's a first or second line right winger putting up 60-plus points every year. Um, but even if he's just uh, you know, a, a third liner you play on the second line or a second liner you play on the third line and he, he helps a power play unit, that's good. Uh, but I just this is just part of development. Development isn't linear. It's not an escalator. It's, 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 it has its ups and downs, and we've seen the ups and downs of Travis Konechny. I think we'll see more ups before this season's over. But it's obvious that he's in a downturn right now. <laughs> Pete Chirell, who would play Moran injured? Well, you need that grit. You need that sandpaper. <laughs> Remember that time Bruce did that interview for, 20, for 24-7 for the Winter Classic with chicken wing sauce all over his face? It's great. Looking forward to BSH Radio tomorrow. Yes, we will be recording tomorrow. I believe 6.45 will be live here on the Facebook. And then, of course, after that, it'll be up on our podcast feed. Uh, Imagine Charlie can make some sense of team over past two weeks. But Coots, Proverov, Patrick playing with big heart and energy. Uh, Yeah, no, those guys have been better. Proverov, I thought, struggled at points tonight, but he made – I thought he added his ups and downs tonight, but overall, since the All-Star break, um, stark difference from his level of play in the first half, definitely. The first period tonight was the first time in a while. They looked like the Hackstall Flyers. Um, listen, I appreciate the way they've been playing overall and winning games. Like, the, uh, winning is the best cologne. However, there is – I mean – they have been just bailed out. They're just getting better goaltending. Like, they, they've they had some bad starts. They've had some slow starts. They've had some sloppiness and have been bailed out by goaltending several times over this streak. Uh, and that's the major difference to me is goaltending. Hackstall never got it except for a couple of spurts here and there. Um, I don't think he's a good coach. I'm not, like, trying to – not trying to promote uh, some sort of Dave Hackstall agenda. You all know, like, I was a very happy man the day – he was relieved of his duties. Uh, but I just don't want to overblow, one, how well the Flyers have been playing. I think overall they've been improved, um, and having some reliable goaltending uh, improves their confidence, and they're able to just try to do more because they're not so focused on, um, you know, on, on just freaking keeping every puck away from the net, and they're able to take some more risks. And when they do and they don't pay off – and then the goalie makes a save, it just increases their confidence. But I do think that's the number one difference, is they're getting goaltending. Um, yeah. Second and third D pairs look pretty bad. Can't wait for Myers. Yeah, I mean, this is what a young defense looks like. Uh, this is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's absolutely a work in progress, and they really struggle at times. But you also see the upside. You also see the upside. And I love guys who can break the puck out, and there's a bunch of them who can do it. Um, they just need to do it more consistently. They need to find that. They need to find that level um, and just be able to hold it. And like I, that's the hardest thing. We will never get Carlson. Listen, I'm not saying it's likely. I think the most likely scenario is he takes his eight years from San Jose. 
I am saying that I see an ownership that wants to go out and make a splash. I see a GM who wants to make a name for himself. I see a team looking to turn a corner. Uh, I don't know, man. I think it's, uh, again, I don't think it's likely, but I think it's possible. Carter Hart facing the Lightning in the playoffs. I like the Flyers' chances with Hart and goal. I'm not even saying I like their chances. I just, if they're going to do it, let's There's nothing we can do either way. So we can either accept this or, oh, they're just blowing the draft. And, all right, if you want to be miserable about the team you root for winning games, that's your prerogative. But since they're doing it, I want to see them finish the thing. Not much difference between wild card number one and number two right now. You could just as easily end up playing the Islanders as the Lightning. And that's true. And my God, that would be hilarious. I am so much looking forward to the Islanders. Um, I want to see one of two things happen to the Islanders. Swept in the first round by a wild card team, just so like all the um, up in arms Islanders fans were like, you didn't believe in us. And Tavares is a, Tavares is a bum and all these people. Uh, And you know what? If I was them, I would be doing the exact same shit. Uh, So I kind of appreciate it. But I do want to see either they lose in the first round uh, uh, to a wildcard team in four games, just so it's like, yep, that's what you really are. Or I would like to see them get to at least the Eastern Conference final. I think that would be fun, too. Either one. I'll take either one. But like a six-game exit in the second round, that sucks. Why couldn't they sign both Panarin and Stone? I want this, so don't come at me with reality. Listen, I'd love it. I, I'm all for going out and making a splash. I just don't know if it's the smartest thing. Um, I don't know if it's the smartest thing to commit that type of money to that many guys when there are other contracts to hand out. I think it's doable, uh, and other trades might open up more room. It also depends on the rest of the offseason plan. If they make a trade for one of their more higher-paid guys um, at the draft or right before free agency or right after they make a signing, whatever, that changes the uh, that changes the economics of it. I'm just looking at it as I'm assuming that Voracek is still here, Ghost is still here, Provorov's getting a big raise, uh, TK, not a big raise, but he's definitely getting a raise. He's going to be making much more than he is. Uh, JVR is still, I I just think um, the way the economics work, you can't do it or you shouldn't do it, but it depends on the rest of the offseason plan. I don't think it's completely impossible or implausible. I think Fletcher should trade Konechny and misspells Konechny. He's a whiny player who don't play much D and turns over the puck way too much, wrong form of two. Um... Yeah, Christopher, uh, I bet you have complained a lot about uh, Justin Williams and Patrick Sharp. So I don't want any former flyer coaching this team. What would your D pairings look like with Amax scratched? All right, if we're assuming Andrew McDonald is scratched, then I would uh, I would keep Provorov Sanheim together. I would put Ghost with Gudis. And I would have, I guess, Hague and Myers together. I guess that's how I would go with it. If, um, yeah, Hague and Myers together if, uh, if a Mac is scratched. Now, Moran coming in could change that. Um, but I don't know. Like, do I, I don't want Moran and Myers together. So, do I want Sandheim and Myers? It's different with Moran in it, but with the six. Uh, who are here now, that's how I would do it. 
Is all of BSH going to be at the stadium series? I'm not sure what the other plans are. Uh, I know Charlie's going to be working, so he's covering it. I'm sure Steph will get her way in there. I mean, she's the head of SB Nation's NHL side, so there's absolutely no reason she shouldn't be. Uh, I don't know what Kelly's plan is, and I am still working on it. Do we ever see Michael Neuvert again? I mean, I bet, like, you know, we see him again. I do, there's just no way he plays again with this fucking team. He can't. They can't possibly. Uh, I, the number of guys who would have to get injured for them to be able to justify it to me. And it's not like they have to justify anything to me. I get that I'm just some fucking podcast host. But the number of players that... Uh, Hart and Stoley, obviously... Uh, and then you'd have to tell me he's more healthy than Elliot, who can't go. And honestly, I'd rather see Alex Lyon because at least I just don't dislike him. Uh, I don't think he's very good, but I don't dislike him. So I'd rather him get the chance than Neuvert, who just can't stay healthy at all. What about TJ Brennan? I'm good on TJ Brennan. Neuvert, he's done as a flyer and probably as a player in the NHL. Elliot can find a future elsewhere. Uh I'm never, you know, maybe he's done as like an NHL regular, but everyone always needs goaltending. He could catch on in the AHL somewhere, go through a little hot streak and be right back up. Um, I don't think I want to live in a world where uh, while the Islanders are better than us consistently, I don't think they, I just, listen, I think the Islanders are, uh, I thought coming into the year, the Islanders were a lot better than people thought. Uh, Obviously they're well coached with trots. Uh, and they just kind of have that um, no one likes us, we don't care attitude going on right now. Uh, but I, I don't love what they have top to bottom. Uh, they're getting really good goaltending. And that's uh, – I read this. I can't – I wish I could remember who said it. Uh, but I did – I am stealing this from somebody. So don't accuse me of plagiarism if you remember who said it. Uh, if you're going to – if you if your team can only be excellent – at one spot, it should be goalie. Like, your goalie can cover up so much, as we're seeing with the Flyers right now, and as we've seen how a bad goalie can affect your team. Uh, if you, They're getting – I mean, Robin Lehner is going to be comeback player of the year. He's probably going to win the Vezina. Like, he's just absolutely excellent right now. Um, they're, they're getting really good goaltending, and that's – I don't know how sustainable it is. If Robin Lehner is the next big thing in net – uh, which I guess is possible. Maybe they could be close to what they are this year, but do I think they're uh, legitimately the best team in the division? I don't. Why do people complain about Carolina's celebrations, by the way? God forbid a team have some fun. Sorry, had to get that out. Um, I really, like, I, I think there's a much bigger group of people complaining about the complainers than the actual complainers. Like, Brian Burke and Don Cherry don't like it. Like, did you fucking expect them to? They're a bunch of grouchy old men who hate everything other than people giving each other concussions. Like, that's their only interest in life is seeing fights. Um, like, unless it's Chris Pronger cross-checking someone in the back of the neck. Like, they don't like it. So, uh, other than those two, I you know... Random dude 42069 on Twitter, his opinion really doesn't matter, you know? I don't know of anyone else who really dislikes it, you know? There are people who are like, whatever, 
but um, I, I, I think there's a much bigger group of people hoping to be able to say, oh, you grumpy old piece of shit, of course you don't like it, than there are actually people who don't like it. All right, let's scroll down here. We're up over an hour now, fam. Are the Islanders this season a one-hit wonder? Uh, I think they're good. Like, in terms of winning, uh, like, potentially winning the division, no, I don't think they're that. Uh, but do I think they're good? Do I think they have something in the tank? Like, they're three points up on Washington with a game in hand. Uh, they have a, like, Jesus, plus 25 goal differential. Six, two, and two in the last 10. They have been consistently good this year, and that is really hard to do. Um, I, I, I don't think they're this good. Um, but, like, one hit wonder, they're going to – like, the Devils last year. The Devils last year played way over their heads, and you're seeing, you know, where they are in the standings this year in comparison. And, you know, it's not like the Flyers are light years ahead of them. Well, now they're nine points up on them. Um, but – uh, like, uh, I don't think they're this year's Devils. You know, I don't think they're going to be the team that wins or, you know, gets to the playoffs and next year is like, oh, we have a legitimate chance at a one or two draft pick. If you go to the stadium series, can my buddies and I shotgun a beer with you? Huge fans. Absolutely, Trevor. Absolutely. I'll tweet where I am. Reason I want Konechny, and that's still not how you spell his name, moved is because of the precedent sent by recent young Fords wanting big money. Do you want to have to pay him six mil per year? Yeah, if he if he produces at that level, I do. He's not producing at that level, so you don't have to. I mean, like, do you? You can either pay players because they're good, or you can have a bunch of Michael Raffles. I'd rather pay good players personally. Bill, is the Orange Tux making an appearance at the Stadium Series? You're goddamn right it is. I always wear the Orange Tux to outdoor games. Uh, it's it's seen better days. It is. Don't get me wrong. It's it's hanging on. But as long as the thing is alive, I'll be wearing it to outdoor games, and I will be wearing it to this one. How much do you think the upcoming CBA fiasco is impacting this year's roster decisions slash moves? I don't think the CBA is going to be a fiasco because I don't think like the cap is going to come down considerably or anything. Um, I think the big fight is just going to be over the definitions of things. Um, what is and isn't hockey related revenue, how much players get, you know, of their player tracking and all the different prop bets that are going to come from that. Um, how much, you know, why isn't Seattle and their expansion fee, um, considered hockey-related revenue. It is a hockey team. Like I, I think it's going to be more about the definitions of things. I don't think it's going to be this huge, uh, like oh four oh five. We have we miss a whole season because we're going to implement a hard cap structure for the first time ever. Um, that's a big deal. That's a huge fight. Um. The last lockout in uh, 2012-13, uh, you know, we, we missed half. Ah, son of a bitch, I just stepped on a thumbtack. Um, 2012-13, uh, we missed half of a season because we're going to shorten the length of uh, – we're going to shorten the length of max deals. We're going to make all those other deals illegal. We're going to uh, – you know, those those 15-year deals with the huge variance between, um, 
you know, your your the first half and the second half of the contract, those Kovalchuk, uh, those Pronger type deals, we're going to make those illegal. Uh, we're going to change uh, the way escrow works. We're going to raise. I think there's going to be some fights to be had in this CBA, but I don't think they're going to be the major ones that have caused uh, lengthy work stoppages and a ton of labor strife. Uh, I will say that if there are no offer sheets this offseason, um, especially to Braden Point, who can be stolen, you can go get Braden Point this offseason. It will be really, really tough for Tampa to match. Um, if there are zero offer sheets this offseason, I think the players have a case. I think the players, if they strike, I don't think they're wrong to do it. Ah, can only scroll up so far now. Got to scroll back down. Aren't the Flyers winless in the outdoor games? Maybe it's time to retire the Tux man. Never. Never. Luck is for losers. There's no such thing as jinxes. With the player tracking, you see the glow puck making a comeback. I really do believe that with the technology of today, you can absolutely do the glow puck again. I, the TVs are just better. Uh, the technology is just better. I think there's a way to do it. There has to be. God damn it. We can put – we're talking about putting people on Mars, and it's too much to ask that the puck glow. Like, absolutely not. They can do it. It's doable. Uh, it, it would be cool. It would be fun. I, you know, whatever. I think there are bigger concerns to this league. But in terms of a TV product, I know a lot of people, if you didn't grow up watching or playing the game, because it is anticipatory. If you don't kind of know where the puck's going, it can be tough to follow. Um, a lot of people who grow up watching or playing the game can't anticipate where it's supposed to go next, so it's not as hard to follow. Uh, if you don't have that kind of background, it could be tough to get into. Um, the glow puck could help alleviate some of that. Uh, I, I don't think it's like number one on the priority list, but I do think it's doable. No lockout. It would be a miracle. I'm not going to say there isn't going to be one. I just think it's possible there isn't. Like in the previous three CBA, exp uh, the last three times the CBA has expired, there's been a lockout. Maybe, just maybe, they can avoid a fourth. All right, guys, I think we're going to wrap it up. I didn't even realize we're at like an hour 11. Thank you so much for hanging out this uh, this evening. Uh, thanks for thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, make sure you search Broad Street Hockey wherever you find podcasts. You'll have the post games delivered to you as soon as I get them posted, not to mention our weekly show, BSH Radio, the flagship, plus Fly Purbly. We have checking out the competition, sounds from the locker room, all sorts of content for you will uh, just it's, it's good stuff, man. Subscribe to our podcast feed. Do it. Um, also, shout out to Sly Fox Brewing. I think we'll be hearing more from them soon. Uh, take it easy, everybody. Have a great week.